Thanks, Marianne. Well, good morning. How's it going? Good. It's good to see you. We're going to be in First Chronicles today. First Chronicles, chapter sixteen. If you would turn there in your Bibles with me, that'd be great. If you don't have a Bible, you can use the one in the pew rack in front of you. If you don't have one at all, you can take that, take it home. It's yours. It's a gift. Chronicles, towards the beginning of the Bible, uh, chapter 16, 1 Chronicles 16. And I know you're going to be getting there, I'm going to ask you to get up and move, so kind of put your Bible on your pew, on your seat next to you. Um, listen, it, today is a day that all of the boxes are due back, all of these boxes, right? Uh, it's shoebox day today, and what a, what a great opportunity we have uh, to partner with Operation Christmas Child uh, and Samaritan's Purse, and sending these boxes of love and boxes of the gospel uh, all around the world, overseas to people who are in need. And wh- from what I understand, we have around 500, probably more boxes that have come in, fi- uh, around 500 or more. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can do this. That's okay. Yeah. Right? And uh, listen, we, we said that each box touches about seven people. That's 3,500 people, 3,500 people. That's amazing. That's amazing that the gospel is going to go out and touch so many lives just from our South County uh, hub here. And and our our church is a drop-off location for Operation Christmas Child. This is also the work of not only our church, which says a majority of this, but uh, nine other South County churches in the area. So it's been an amazing, uh, amazing outpouring of love and support all across the South County. And, of course, North County is doing this, too. The Wairika is a hub hub as well for Fort Jones and and that area. So uh, they're going to be coming down and picking up boxes and and delivering all these down, uh, down south. So... Uh, they're starting to make their journey, which is going to be really exciting. I think Ryan mentioned this earlier. If you, if you somehow forgot your box at home, totally okay. I'm here tonight for Bible study from 6 to 7.30. You can still bring one in, okay? Bring it in and, and, uh, and do that. And if you really, really, really just like, I want to do another box, we can get you an empty box or you can find a shoe box, do one, bring it back, and we'll, uh, we'll add it to the pile uh, this evening, okay? It's not too late. Um, there was a challenge, by the way, given by one of the, uh, the gals from First Service. She's like, next year... We should challenge the church to do a thousand boxes. Yeah. Oh, I'll see. Should we do a thousand boxes? I think we can. We can do this. Okay. So start now. Start now, and we'll do a thousand boxes by next uh, next November. It's gonna be great. But here's what I'd like to do. I know it's gonna be different. And, you know, just have to shake your wiggles out anyway. We're gonna stand up. We're gonna find a pile of boxes. Kind of group around them. We're gonna pray over these boxes, trusting God to send them on the way. So there's a couple piles up front here. There's piles in the in the aisle. Find a pile and let's pray over these boxes, okay? I'll pray, I'll pray for all of us. We, uh, we just join together as I pray. So find a spot. Everyone grab a, grab a hand or uh, grab a box. Touch a box there. We are going to trust God with these. All right, you ready? Let, let's pray together. Father, we are so, so excited to see uh, what has been accomplished through uh, your hands and your feet through your church. God, that uh, we, have, we have assembled so many boxes that can be shipped all around the world that the hope of Jesus Christ would go to the uttermost parts of the earth. And God, we are so excited to know that, that not only will there be joy be in a smile on a, on a child's face because of the toys they receive, that there is a potential to believe the gospel, to hear the gospel, to believe the gospel, to have the hope of the gospel in their lives and in the lives of seven or more other people from one box. God, we trust the hearts of the 3,500 people plus that will be receiving this message. We trust that you'll be uh, tilling the soil of their hearts right now ahead of time. We, we ask that you would uh, make them receptive and open to hearing the message of Jesus, the message of Christ's righteousness and not their own, that they can trust in him for eternal life and for a new hope. 
God, we, we trust uh, that you'll put them in the right hands. God, as they leave here uh, with, with the Wairika Church and, and head down to Reading and down south, even farther to the distribution centers, God, as they are loaded onto airplanes, as they are loaded onto ships and, and containers uh, to go overseas, God, as they are packed in on, on horseback, on camelback, on people's backs, God, on motor scooters and on little Jeeps, God, wherever they go, God, we are trusting that you would, would divinely appoint each box to each recipient. We know that we have packed them with love and joy and excitement. And God, that each, each toy in there and each, each item in there, you're going you're gonna to match to a person, an individual who needs that. God, who, who's going to enjoy that? And God, who's going to receive hope because of that? We trust that you're going to do that. We thank you for the opportunity to, to be excited and to be your church and, and to send this hope around the world. May it, may it be excited in our heart even after it leaves and all year long as we prepare for next year's opportunity. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, you guys. All right, go ahead and make your way back to First Chronicles 16. Uh, by the way, at the end of service, at the conclusion, we're going to need some, uh, just some bulky guys, right, to, to help get these boxes, these crates, into the lobby. What we are, we are going to do, yeah, there you go, He-Man. Wives, this is where you kind of elbow your husband, right? Hey, this is you. Listen up. Uh, all of the uh, loose boxes, actually what we will do is keep the loose boxes in here, and we'll bring the, bring the empty crates in here, to, and Eva will coordinate packing the, the loose boxes here. All of the boxes that have been taped up, we'll take out to the lobby and stack against the wall there uh, by the kiosk in the bathrooms and get them ready to go, okay? So we'll need some helpers to do that right after the service. Try not to run each other over, but it's going to be fun, okay? It's going to be good. Yes, Eva. Very good. Right, so if, you, if you're willing to come by or available between like 11 and 1, kind of on call, uh, they're going to come down. We're going to load all these crates on the, on the trailer, in the truck uh, to get them on out of here, okay? So let Eva know that, and we will send out a text probably to you when, when we know they're coming, okay? All right, well, today uh, I'm excited. I'm, it's so many things to be excited about. Uh, one, we are sending out so many boxes, right? So many lives are going to be touched and changed uh, by what we've done here and by their faithfulness there. And I, I just, listen, I, I know that all you're going to get to know and all you're going to get to see is probably a statistic. That so-and-so and so many trusted Christ here and so many received boxes here. And that statistic is what's going to have to kind of excite us for the rest of our lives. But listen, one day, one day in glory, we will see and understand fully the impact our faithfulness had as we were faithful to Jesus and what he did with that. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see the lives that you and I have touched because of our faithfulness and obedience to Jesus. And that is, that is so awesome. We aren't just a church that comes together and puts boxes down and sends them overseas. We're a church that does this because we are the church. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we send them with love and compassion, with hope, expecting God to do great things. Amen? Amen. So that's, that's what we are. Now, today as we, we uh, get ready, we are, we are getting to celebrate and observe in the Lord's Supper today. And that's you see it on the table in front of me. Uh, and as we're instructed to do so, uh, we're instructed to do so in remembrance of what Christ did as he offered himself for us as a willing sacrifice. Jesus willingly laid down his life, and that, that we are instructed to remember that. We're also instructed that our heart should be humble and pure as we come to partake. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a problem with that. Our hearts should be humble and pure as we, as we come to partake. 
So as we worship, as we study the scripture today, I want you to, to be examining yourself and preparing yourself to partake of the Lord's Supper, okay? And we're going to talk today about Thanksgiving. Go figure, right? And it's really neat as I, as I prayed to, to get this sermon going, uh, and it's Thanksgiving week, of course, pastors should do a timely sermon about Thanksgiving, but also on the calendar was the Lord's Supper, and I, I thought, wow, this is neat. And God just gelled the two together so, and married the two so well that he, he showed, showed me that, that thankfulness is really what remembering Jesus is all about. And that when we're thankful, our thankfulness is what begins a humility in, a, in our hearts. Giving thanks to God is what begins to melt and humble our hearts before him. And, pre- and it prepares us then to receive and to partake of the Lord's Supper together. Church, today, this is our church family Thanksgiving meal. As we, as we come together, we remember and are thankful for what the Lord Jesus did. So we're going to take a closer, closer look today at how thanksgiving and how giving thanks prepares our hearts to remember and partake in the Lord's Supper. And I want you to understand something. Thankfulness is a verb. It's an action. You know, sometimes we think that it's a warm and fuzzy feeling, like I'm thankful. And I just can sit in my seat being thankful. It's not. It's, it's, much like, it's much like love. Love should not just be this warm and fuzzy, cozy feeling, right? The butterflies inside. Love should be an action that I am continually loving and acting on that towards my family, towards my friends, towards Jesus, that it's, it's proven in response with my life. Thankfulness is the same way. I can't just sit in my cozy, warm chair. I'm thankful. I have to act on that. And whether it's saying thanks to Jesus, whether it's saying thanks to people around me, or whether it's living it out, proclaiming all the things that God has done, that's what Thanksgiving is about. So we're going to see that today, and we're going to tie that in with, with giving thanks for the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him as we humble our hearts before him. Okay, can we pray together? Let's pray, and we'll get started. Father, you are so great. We, we love you so much. We thank you that you are a good dad, that you, you provided Jesus for us in the middle of our deepest need that you, you made a way for us to be whole again through Christ. And we celebrate him today. God, we thank you that that we can partake today and remember what Jesus did. And as we do so, God, I pray you'd prepare our hearts, that we'd examine ourselves, and we would develop a heart of thankfulness and an attitude of humility so we can come before you pure and whole and ready to receive what you have for us. We ask that your spirit would be in our midst, convincing us of truth and convicting us of sin, that you challenge and change us by your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in First Chronicles chapter 16, we'll be beginning in, in uh, verse uh, 7. So number one, if we want to talk about Thanksgiving, we, if we want to give thanks, we do so, number one, by proclaiming God's works. We proclaim God's works. So again, this is an action. It's not just I sit here and am thankful. It's an action. I proclaim God's works. Let's look at the scripture, uh, verses 7 through 9 together. On that day, okay, stop there. This day was the day that the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Jerusalem, and it was placed in the tabernacle, and it was a celebratory time. It was a time where, where David and everyone there said, this is, this is an amazing day. We're going to stop. We're going to celebrate. We're going to remember what the Lord has done and remember the journey that the Ark has, has gone through to get to this place today. It was a time to celebrate. So on that day, David decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord by Asheff and his relatives. Verse 8, give thanks to Yahweh. Call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell about his wonderful works. 
So we are to proclaim and tell about his wonderful works. We're to proclaim God's works, and that's an attitude of thanksgiving. If you want to give thanks, proclaim what God has done. Start there. Proclaim what God has done. Uh, an attitude of thanks is one that recognizes what another has done, right? When I'm thankful, I'm recognizing that someone else has done something gracious or compassionate towards me. And for you and I, as we talk about the Lord's Supper, as we talk about our life and just in general our salvation from Jesus, we are thankful to him who could only be the one to accomplish what he's accomplished for us. Amen? He did all the work. He finished the work on our behalf. And though our sins were as scarlet, he washed them white as snow. Although I was filthy rags, he, was, he made those filthy rags clean. We are now filthy rags made clean by Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I want to show you a, a scripture on the screen. Psalm 67, 1 and 2. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Look on us with favor so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. So there's this, this gift, this, what God is giving us. He says, may God be gracious and bless us and look on us with favor. See, God gives us his grace through Jesus on the cross and he blesses us with that eternal life that he's going to secure us and seal us with. And he continues to bless us even today, right, outside of salvation. He continues to work in my life and guide. He continues to direct. He continues to heal. He continues to convict and discipline. See, these are blessings that God continues to do. And he looks on, favor, looks on us with favor. And because he's doing that, it's so that, what did it say? Your way, God, may be known on the earth, your salvation among the nations. Thankfulness is not this quiet thing. Thankfulness is saying, God, thank you for what you've done and telling the world about it. That his, his fame, that he, his way may be known in his salvation among the nations. God's works are his grace and his blessings and his favor to us through Jesus. And, and his biggest work was saving us, right? His biggest work was what was accomplished on the cross. And he looked and saw filthy rags and made them clean. And he looked and saw sin as, as scarlet and he washed it white as snow. But salvation alone is not where it ends. It's not all we're thankful for, although we ought to be thankful for that every single minute of every single day. We have much to be thankful about to God. He continues to do those things and the works amongst his people. And the more he does, the more he does, the more we ought to be proclaiming him and expressing our thanksgiving. The more we ought to be proclaiming him by expressing our thanksgiving. We give thanks by proclaiming what he has done. Number two, we give thanks by honoring and rejoicing. By honoring and rejoicing. Uh, the word honor here can be translated to glory. Like we're going to glory in that or we're going to praise him for that. It also can be, it's probably best translated as boast that we can boast about. So when I say we, we're thankful by honoring, what we're really thankful by doing is by boasting. We show that we are thankful when we boast in what? We boast in the Lord, not ourselves, of course, because that's pride. When we boast in Jesus and then rejoice about what he's done. So to see thankfulness, uh, it's, a, it's a turn from focusing on ourselves to focusing on who should be getting the thanks, who should be getting the credit, who should be getting the praise. I, I want to tell a story. It just it melted my heart the other day. Listen, listen, I'm a parent, and it is the toughest thing in the world. 
But it is the most, the biggest blessing in the world, right? And I, and listen, I, I had, I counseled a couple between services that I, I just was get to share life with and, and understand the struggle. I, I, their kids are about the same age as my kids. And I'm like, I feel you. I know what's going on. I understand. And, and, but it's such a blessing at the same time. And my daughter, you know, we, I usually put my daughter to bed. My wife comes in with Wesley and she's kind of getting him ready for bed. And, and we say goodnight and there they go. And then I stop and we, we pray. My daughter and I pray. <clears throat> and of course, I started out by praying. I, I prayed myself, right? I just prayed and <clears throat> I thank God for a lot of things. And, and she heard that and it was really, she was really shy to talk to Jesus about anything. Of course, that's how we are. And some of us are that way today. But eventually she got to the point where... I'd ask, are you going to pray now? Okay, I'll pray. But here's what we do. She, she says, and I would always ask her, well, Bailey, what do you want to thank Jesus for? Let's, let's start our prayer life by thanking Jesus. So we started by thanking. That's all we did, just thank you, Jesus. And she would give a list of things she wanted me to thank Jesus about. She, well, she thought, this is what she says. Um, thank him for flowers and for donuts and for mommy and daddy and... She'd go off this list, right? My ponies, uh, my cousins, my aunt and uncle. And she would just start naming tons of stuff. And I'm trying to remember this because I have to pray it. And she would remind me if I forget. But then I would pray. I'd say, dear Jesus, thank you for flowers and for donuts. <laughs> right? So I'd go on the whole list. And, and eventually she would start saying, well, Daddy, what, what do you, you tell me. You tell me the list. Because she would tell me the list, right? And I'd pray. And now she says, you tell me the list. So now I tell her the things I want her to, I'm, I'm thankful for. And we're moving past kind of the flowers and donuts. But I'm moving past that and kind of giving her some more context, some more depth of life. Thank you for the sunshine today. Or thank you for the rain today. Or thank you for uh, our, our, our good food that God gave us. Or, you know, our, our good, nice, warm beds. And, you know, we talked about that. Of course, I've, we've shared the story of the cross. And she's starting to kind of understand that. And I, thank you. I always say we thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. And thank you for dying on the cross. Right? We always, we always thank, thank him for that. So the other night, and this is just this whole perspective shift, right? I, wanna, I want my daughter to be thankful, so I want to change her perspective from herself to God, to Jesus. So the other night, just amazing time, she's praying, and, and she says all these things she's thankful for. She says, and thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. My three-year-old daughter said, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. It wasn't just for dying on the cross and it wasn't coached. I hadn't said that before. Maybe I'd prayed it before in my own prayer when she heard it. But she under, she's understanding. Now, it's not to say that she's a Christian or she has believed the gospel or she's even old enough to understand that yet. But she's getting there. And, and we're teaching that there is a perspective that we have to shift from ourselves onto Jesus. And that Jesus, as we shift from ourselves, Jesus is all about us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on the cross. You see, Thanksgiving comes from that perspective shift where I can honor and boast about Jesus, we boast in filthy rags made clean. Turn, turn in the Bible to uh, Jeremiah, and keep your finger here. Turn it to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 9. It's after Psalms and Proverbs and Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 9, we'll start in verse 23. I want you to understand something too. As we, as we are thankful, we boast in the Lord. And that boasting in the Lord is not an attitude of pride. 
it is not an attitude of pride to boast in the Lord, but it's an attitude of humility. Because what it's saying is, it's not about me. It's not about what I've done or how I've accomplished it. It's all about Jesus. It's a humility that changes the attitude of our heart. And see, that attitude of our heart is what is important as we approach the Lord's Supper, as we examine our heart. It should be an attitude of humility based on our thankfulness in, of Jesus Christ and what he's done, and that we boast in him. Here's what Jeremiah, uh, we're in chapter 9, verse 23 through 24 says. This is what the Lord says. The wise man must not boast in his wisdom. The strong man must not boast in his strength. The wealthy man must not boast in his wealth. But the one who boasts should boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am Yahweh, showing faithful love, justice, and righteousness on the earth, for I delight in these things. This is the Lord's declaration. God says that there's no boasting. There's no boasting. You might be strong, but there's no boasting. You might be rich, there's no boasting. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you know me and boast in me. Boast in what I have done. And that, that comes from an attitude of thanksgiving. That we would give thanks to God for what he's done. That we would honor him. And then when we honor him, we then rejoice. Because you and I have been freed from the slavery of sin. And we have been freed from, from bearing the burden of that guilt and that shame. That God has taken that shame. We are thankful when we boast in the Lord and when we, when we rejoice over his faithful love. We have to take the focus off ourselves and put it on Jesus. And when we do, there is a satisfaction that can only come from him that frees us and causes us to rejoice. The satisfaction that you and I have in Christ should cause us to rejoice. Amen? Number three, we give thanks by remembering his promise. By remembering his promise. And I want you to think about this. Let's think about our own nation, our own world. We, we celebrate Memorial Day. We celebrate the anniversary of 9-11, of Pearl Harbor, of D-Day. These are not days where I can go out and find somebody to shake their hand and say thank you. You and I say thanks. You and I give thanks by what? By remembering. By remembering what has been done and honoring the sacrifice that was paid. Now, that sacrifice was huge. The men and women, the soldiers, the, the civilians that, that gave and lost their lives for the cause of freedom around the world in different aspects. That sacrifice was huge. They gave everything. But the sacrifice that Jesus made was even bigger because he gave it worldwide for everyone in humanity that you and I and everyone else, every shoebox recipient, could receive the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, and that their filthy rags could be made clean as well. Jesus did all that work. So you and I, as we are thankful, part of being thankful is remembering. Remembering what Christ has done. Elevating Christ and saying, this, this is what we remember. And talking about him, you know, this week is Thanksgiving, and we all have our own traditions. We sit around the table, and we, we talk about what we're thankful for. You know what we should be thankful for first and foremost? It's Jesus. And what Jesus did for us. Yeah, eat your turkey, have your mashed potatoes and your green beans and your stuffing. Enjoy. But every good gift is from Jesus. And we ought to enjoy him supremely and find our satisfaction in him supremely. Ultimately, the works of the Lord are about 
the completion of his promise. And I want you to look at this with me in Scripture. Look at uh, verse 12 and 13 back in First Chronicles. Hopefully you kept your finger there. 12 and 13 says, Remember, there's our word, remember the works, the wonderful works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Israel, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. He's saying, listen, my chosen people, listen, my people, remember what I have done. Don't forget. You and I can remember, we're like, oh yeah, Jesus saved us. And I've had those conversations before with people that I, I start talking about Jesus and they've been far away or they haven't set aside a time to be thankful to Jesus and actually remember and set aside and say, I'm going to remember Jesus today. And part of that is being together as a, as a body, right? Together, united under the same cause of thankfulness and gratitude and humility towards Jesus and the compassion that he had for us. But then that reminder gets kicked into this, this conversation like, oh yeah, he is pretty awesome, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty awesome. How, why would we forget that? I don't want to forget that. I want that in my mind and on my heart all the time so I can be thankful. And that, as I'm thankful, as I'm remembering Jesus, it changes my heart. It's about his promise. It's about the completion of his promise. And we show our thankfulness by remembering that promise. Well, what was the promise? It's the promise that brought us from death into life. It's the promise that let you and I be adopted as sons and daughters. Amen? That we, that we are part of God's family now. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Keep your finger here. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. First and Second Corinthians. Galatians. Chapter 3. We're looking at uh, chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. It says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, uh, put on Christ like a garment. Now stop there. This is what I'm talking about. That you and I were washed by the blood of Christ, right? Baptized through, by forgiveness. Not through the water, but baptized actually by forgiveness, by his blood. And that, that in doing that, in believing and trusting in the gospel, God exchanged our filthy rags for Christ's garment of righteousness. That is actually his righteousness that needs, to be, needs to be put on my life and mine that is the filthy rags and needs to be discarded. He needs to cleanse me, right? So that's what we're saying. That those, that For as many of you have done that, have trusted and believed on the Lord Jesus and, and have the garment of his salvation, his righteousness on, verse 28, there is no Jew or Greek. Right? It's not about you and me and how good we are and our race or religion, color or creed. It's about are you, uh, are, there's no Greek or, or Jew, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And, verse 29, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the what? The promise. The promise of God. See, God has made us heirs in Christ. That that's where we get our, our foundation. That's where we get our security from. It's in Christ. It's not in us. We are remembering Jesus and his promise. We are, we are seeking to be found in Christ. We're seeking to, to embrace all that has to do with the promise and, and to be an heir, to be a son and a daughter. And, and for that, we are what? We are thankful. We are thankful because we remember the promise of God. We remember the promise of God. When we remember what He has done, our hearts 
will fill with gratitude. And they'll fill with an enduring hope as they melt over Jesus and his promise. I think God wants our hearts to melt. You and I, as we partake in the Lord's Supper, are not perfect. Jesus is perfect, and he's the one that makes our heart perfect. You and I will never, you and I can never come to a place on our own where we could partake, having examined our, ourselves accurately. Only by God's grace and only by his blood and only through a, hum, a humble, melted heart before him, with an attitude of thanksgiving, may we even partake. Because that's what God wants from our heart. Finally, we give thanks because God is good all the time. God is good. This is something that my grandma said all the time for us. I know it's been a, a, a history and a tradition passed on in different families. And um, I think uh, Bill said this a few weeks ago. I know Chase used this with the youth group. And we're going to say it today. I'm going to say God is good and you're going to say all the time. And I'm going to say all the time and you're going to say God is good. You ready? God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. And that's the truth. We can be thankful because God is good all the time. Let's continue in our passage in verse 34 of 1 Chronicles 16. Back to 1 Chronicles. Give thanks. So there's our Thanksgiving, right? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Forever. Now I want you to listen. This scripture, this line of text is repeated multiple times throughout Psalms and multiple times throughout the scripture. It's an amazing truth that we can, we can cling on to. That God is, we give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. And say, save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. May Yahweh, the God of Israel, be praised from everlasting to everlasting. And then all the people said, Amen. And praise the Lord. See, not only is God good all the time, but we give him thanks by praising him from everlasting to everlasting. That we continue to honor him. God is good all the time. God loves with an enduring and everlasting love. And for that, we are thankful. God doesn't change his mind. You know, I try to be the best husband I can. I try to be the best dad I can. But sometimes I have a poopy attitude, right? Sometimes I'm just not good. I'm not good at loving my kids and my wife well. I might try to fake it or I might try to push through, but God doesn't do that with us. And he has even more of an opportunity, right? Because he deals with us. He knows us, but he says, I I am good all the time. And I'm going to love you with an enduring and everlasting love. And because of that, you and I can give thanks. And giving thanks changes and humbles the attitude of our hearts. Amen? Last scripture, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians. We're done, we're done in Chronicles. 1 Corinthians, right there near Galatians where we were. Chapter 11. First Corinthians 11, and we'll be looking at verse 23 in the following verses. I want us to see this attitude of the heart because I think this examining ourselves and preparing ourselves to give thanks and remember as we partake in the Lord's Supper, it's an attitude that was exemplified by the Lord Jesus himself. Let's read the text. Chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. 
For I, that's Paul, received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance remembrance of me. In the same way, after uh, supper, he also took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant established in my blood. Do this as often you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often uh, as you eat of this bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. Uh, he should eat the bread and drink the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment upon himself. And this is the idea. This is the whole premise of why we examine ourselves. I don't want to just eat and drink for the sake of, the, of, of, of religion, of legalism. As we partake, we, we examine our hearts and say, God, I, I want you. I want more of you in me. And as Steve Rogers preached last week, I want to consecrate my heart and humble myself. Be set apart for God. As we partake, we, let, we, we partake first in thanksgiving and let thanksgiving humble our hearts, melt our hearts to the place where we can partake with a good conscience. We don't have it all together, do we? But Jesus does. And today we stand thankful and today we, we partake thankful of what he's done for us, in us, and through us. I'd like to ask the worship team to come on back up. We're going we're gonna to have some songs of worship that we can respond with. I want to ask those who are serving the Lord's Supper if they would come and just sit in the front, the front pew here as we continue. Those who I've asked to serve the Lord's Supper, if you'd come up, please. <clears throat> right now is our opportunity to respond and, and, and to set ourselves apart, to examine our hearts, and, and to start offering that thanksgiving. We don't just do it on a Thursday in November. We do it all the time because God is good all the time, and he deserves that. And we as a church, we as a people of God, want to boast in him alone about filthy rags made clean. And there's no one else we can boast in about that. But today, listen, I, I want you to choose something. You have to choose to humble yourself. You have to choose to have a humble heart and, and, and get to that point where you can begin to offer thanksgiving and where God can take that and turn that into more humility and continue to melt your heart. And today, you're either, you're either here because you've, you love Jesus and you've trusted him and you believed the gospel and he's changed everything and he continues to change. Or you're here today and you don't know what's going on. You're like, this is all kind of new to me. I am filthy rags. I need Jesus. And, and if you're that person who hasn't trusted in the Lord Jesus as their Savior, today is your day to humble yourself. Today is your day, your, your first Thanksgiving, your first Lord's Supper, where you can celebrate and say, I want to be thankful for what he just did for me. God's ready. He just, all he asks is that you believe the gospel. You believe the message of Christ and apply it to your own heart. But you've got to go there in humility. You can't go there with pride. For the rest of us who have, who have trusted and believed in Christ, have believed the gospel, today is, a, is a, another mark that we say, thanks, God. That we examine ourselves and say, I want to be thankful. I want to be humble. I want to boast about Jesus. And this is about boasting about what he's done for us. And as we boast, as we're thankful, as we humble ourselves, then we remember. Then we partake. And that's what we're here to do today. So as we sing today, as, as, we, as we get ready to to partake, examine yourselves. Humble your heart and get ready to thank him for what, we, what he's done. Let's stand together and pray. 
Father, we are so grateful for what you've done. It's, it's what gets us up in the morning. It's what brings us uh, to church on Sundays to worship. Is the unity we have over the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't a religion. This isn't a legalism, God. This is the living, breathing church, the body of Christ, because of what you've done. And God, as we come today to remember and celebrate the Lord's Supper, I, I pray that you would help us examine our hearts, that our hearts would begin to melt as we are thankful, and we thankfully remember what you've done, that we might partake with a good conscience, knowing that you've cleansed us from all our sin. As far as the east is from the west, so far as have you removed our sins from us. And God, you've buried them on the bottom of the ocean floor. May we not live condemning ourselves anymore, live in that guilt or that shame. May we live free as we worship, as we celebrate, as we, as we brag about you, our great God. And it's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Listen, as we begin our song and singing, these gentlemen are going to pass out the elements. And how we do it at our church is, is uh, the guys will take the, the bread first, the, the cracker, and they'll go down and pass it out to everyone. What we ask is that everyone just holds on to it. Hold on to it until everyone has been served, and these guys will come back up and serve the band, and then we'll, we'll partake together. We'll read Scripture, we'll give thanks, and we'll partake together. And once, once that's been passed out and done, we'll, we'll do the same thing with the cup of juice. And once everyone's been served, they'll come back up, we'll give thanks, we'll read Scripture, and we'll partake together. And what I would ask is if you're, if you're not a believer, if you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior, or maybe you're just the hard-hearted believer today, you're like, I don't want to humble myself. I don't want to examine my heart. As it comes, feel, feel the freedom to just pass it, pass it on. You don't have to take anything. Just pass it on and observe and let God continue to work in your heart. This is special to those who have, who have consecrated themselves, who have set themselves apart and said, God, I'm humbling myself today to thank you and remember. It's a great celebration time. This is our, this is our Thanksgiving this year. It's a wonderful time to do that, all right? Let's sing. <laughs>